Hi, and welcome to Kleinversations, Klein ISD's podcast about all things teaching and learning. I'm Monica Schallenberger, and I'll be the host for each episode, and my guests will be rotating educators from all over our school district. This podcast is for anyone wanting to expand their knowledge about teaching and learning, and hear our conversations about the journey of educators being joyful, reflective, transparent, and deliberate about applying their learning to transform the world. Today's guest is Allie Martin, principal at Clink Elementary. She started her teaching career as a kindergarten, first, and fourth grade teacher before becoming an assistant principal at Metzler Elementary and then in her current position as Clink principal. She has a passion for leadership development, student agency, brain research, and more. But today, we're going to talk about her love for family engagement. You'll hear trends of her beliefs in our conversations about how family engagement is a true partnership, and there's an importance to bringing families, schools, and community together. She believes wherever you are, you can make a difference, and my hope is that you walk away from listening with actionable steps to make a difference where you currently serve. Without further ado, here's our conversation now. Hi, Allie, and welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you on this episode to talk about family engagement. But before we go into all the things your campus is doing, why don't you go ahead and share one celebration in connection to teaching and learning from across our district? Yes, there are so many great things happening across mm-hmm. Klein ISD. It is hard to narrow it down to just one. Um but I have narrowed it down to just one. And what I want to celebrate today is the collaboration that's happening in the Klein Forest family of schools. Yes. Um, it is so neat to see just so many deep levels of collaboration, specifically looking at restorative practices. So we now have all campuses um, in the Klein Forest family that are trained and implementing um, restorative wow. practices, which awesome. what's so neat is that allows us to truly care for the whole mm-hmm. child. It allows us to know our kids by name, strength, and need, and it allows kids to progress um, from elementary interme- to intermediate and intermediate to high school um, with that consistency. And I love that when the kids go from each level, it's not like something new, like, oh, mm-hmm. what's restorative practices? It's just an easy transition, beneficial to the whole child, like you said, and that's incredible. I yeah. love it. Okay. So let's move on to our first question about family engagement. And just, I want you to talk about as an educator, what are your thoughts on family engagement? And I hate generalized questions because it's like, where do I start? There's so many things, especially if it's something you're passionate about, like you are. I'm like, give me some kind of structure, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just give you how I like it. So what are your thoughts on family engagement? Yes. Um, so family engagement is is key and critical to everything that we are doing on campus. And partnering with our families is really where that greatness comes from. Um, I love that incline within our strategic framework, uh, we have our strategic priority of building community. Mm-hmm. And within that, it specifically outlines that focus on relationships and partnerships and engaging, educating, and equipping families. And so family engagement is something I am passionate about and something I consistently seek to learn more about to, to see what what's out there and what we can do to partner with our families. And um, one of the, the go-to folks that, that I have learned from is Karen Mapp. Um, she's actually a senior lecturer at Harvard. And the focus mm-hmm. of her career has been around cultivating partnerships with families, community members, and educators. Yeah. And she talks about four essential core beliefs um, within family engagement. And I think I think she articulates it beautifully when she says that all families have dreams for their children and want the best for them. All families have the capacity to support their children's learning. 
Families and school staff are equal partners, and the responsibility for cultivating and sustaining partnerships rests primarily within the school staff. Gosh, that's so loaded. I'm like, let's unpack this Mm -hmm. and let's because I just feel like those four core beliefs. First of all, it's so good to have structure around something like a big idea like family engagement because so many people have so many different perspectives and opinions and it's, and it's all based off of where you're at in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know when I was 22 versus now how I think about it and how I had a personal progression through my own career of thinking about parents and their involvement, mm-hmm. you know, depending on just your experience. And then now that I'm a parent, I think about it so differently too. I just mm-hmm. feel like there's just so many opinions out there. So it's so good to have obviously an expert about this, but the first one that all all families have dreams for their children. I just want to point out the word families and how it didn't just say parents. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so inclusive of all and every, like we are so focused on here. Mm-hmm. And um, the equal partners is so important. And then all families have the capacity, mm-hmm. which really does put the responsibility on the educator, not just a blame game of like, well, where are the parents? And mm-hmm. well, they've got those kind of parents or whatever. And I just like that it puts it, it's a shared responsibility. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. Mm-hmm. And um, how cultivating and sustaining that partnership is such an important part of that mm-hmm. belief. So thank you for sharing that. And I love that when people share expert names because then educators listening or families listening can go look up stuff for further resources. And I'll also put some resources in our show notes. Perfect. With her. Yes. And so Karen Mapp, she's authored quite yeah. a few books. Um, I'll link those. One of the ones I'll recommend is okay. called Powerful Partnerships. Um, very applicable guide um, for educators, teachers for principals, building leaders. I'll put that in the show notes for sure. Okay, so when you're thinking about family engagement, what is your campus currently implementing to include the families of every student? I know that's kind of a huge task and sometimes every campus is at different levels, but what are you guys currently doing? Yeah, and sometimes I do think it can be overwhelming Mm -hmm. when you think about engaging all families and finding finding out how to to connect with them. Um, One of the things we do at Clink um, is we try to approach everything we do through an intentional lens. And so as as we begin developing our family engagement plan each year, um, we apply what's called the dual capacity framework. Um, And what that is, um, again, through that intentional lens, it's five process conditions that are really essential when we're in this planning phase of family engagement. And, And it's critical to know that planning is huge to what we're doing um, on our campuses. And so there are kind of five, five simple things um, to really ask when planning any, any family engagement events or sessions on your campus. So the first question um, or process to look at is how is it linked to learning? Wanting to make sure that as we are partnering with our families, Mm -hmm. we are linking what we are doing back to what our kids are doing in the classroom um, and how they are learning and growing there. We also want it to be relational. Um, We know that those relational opportunities help build that trust and that mutual respect. We want it to be developmental. We want to build on the strengths of our families. We also want it to be collaborative, um, truly bringing both our families and our staff together. And we also want it to be interactive. Um, We see our classrooms being incredibly interactive and we want to make sure that's transferring over to the partnerships with our families. And so that's kind of like the baseline. So as we get started on our family engagement plan for the year, um, we look at that dual capacity framework first. And one of the ways that we do do that is through Parent University. Uh Um, And Parent University is an initiative that started back in 2013-14 at Klein Intermediate. And it has really, it's been super exciting to see 
occurring across the Klein Forest family and Klein at large as well. Um, and what it is, is it's an initiative that looks to empower families um, to actively participate in, in their child's education by engaging in meaningful partnerships with the school. And so we do a variety of what we call parent university sessions each year um, that concludes with a graduation this spring, which is just a great celebration. And so one of the, one of the sessions I want to highlight is a, our dual language family dinner. So at Clink, um, we have a Spanish dual language program, and we also have a Vietnamese dual language program. And so one of the things that we do to bring our families together is a family potluck dinner. And so um, we did one last year, and we actually have one coming up again okay. in November. And our families have the opportunity to bring bring a dish um, from their culture, a, a food that that they enjoy. And so we literally like potluck style it um, and all the families bringing the food, we line it up, get the plates, load up our dinner plates, we eat dinner together. Um, so that, that is a very highly relational um, event and experience. And then we also do some kind of game, a team building game. Last year, there were lots of balloons and tape and our families had to work together to build a tower of the tallest like yeah. balloon structure. Um, and it was neat to see as, as families interacted. Um, began to build those relationships with each other, get to know yeah. each other a little bit, a little bit better. Um, and then making sure that we do have that link to learning. We then at the end talked about how families could support their child's language development at home, what questions they could ask, as well as how they could network together. So parent university is certainly like one way that we can engage our families. And there are also other things like positive phone calls home. Yeah. Um, we do not have to have a big event. Those are great. And those positive phone calls home are huge. Um, and so making that connection with our families, something as simple as smiling at meet the <laughs> teacher as, as families are coming into your classroom and, and demonstrating that genuine excitement mm -hmm. um, and joy to see them, to know that like this is the beginning of a really exciting journey yeah. um, and that we get the privilege of partnering together. So we do positive phone calls home. We also do something that we call clink in the community. Um, and it pretty much like is exactly what it sounds like. Um, and that is we clink go into the community. Um, and so what we do, I will say we waited for the weather to cool down just a yeah. little bit because it's been a little, it's a little, little toasty. toasty. Um, so we do, you know, this is seasonal. Um, but what we do is we choose uh, communities in our area and we will ride the bus home that afternoon and pass out flyers to every kiddo on the bus. And we say, hey, we are coming back today because we want to spend time with you. Yeah. And so we go for literally one hour. We bring a bag with like footballs and jump ropes and basketballs. And we hang out with our kids and families. Um, we, we talk, we listen. I think so much of family engagement is, is listening, um, to, to our families. And so as we walk around, we're throwing footballs. We've, you know, we'll sometimes even do like races up and down the street. Um, it truly is saying, Hey, we want we want to know you and we care about you um, and, and we're here in your community as well. Um, so not only do we invite you to come to, to our campus um, and up to school, we want to come into, into your community yeah. as well and spend time with you. Okay. So you just said so much content information. <laughs> so I'm going to unpack it. I'm going to go yes. back a little bit. So the original question was, what are you guys doing? Yes. But I feel like so much of this can be applied to other campuses mm -hmm. and even in the classroom. So let me go back. When you said link to learning, yes. and, I, and I know you ended up unpacking it a little bit when you talked about how you were talking about language development and networking. Yeah. So when you have, first of all, when you said it needs to be linked to learning in that capacity framework, do you always do that only for events or do you promote that link to learning in other ways to like those smaller 
I mean, the positive phone calls is a great place mm-hmm. to start. But how do you always make sure it's linked to learning? Like when you do the community, mm-hmm. the Clinkin community, how do you link that to learning? That's an excellent Darkly. question. Yeah. And I think definitely as you look at the dual capacity framework, there are certain events that might cover all five thoroughly, okay. and there so are other things that, that might not. And at the same time, I can tell you when we go into Clink in the community, even if we have like, hey, we're going to highlight these things that are happening happening at school, um, right. it's, it's looking for moments to connect with families. And when you start, let's say, in a one-on-one conversation with a parent, um, starting with curiosity listening. And then this is where it goes back to that developmental piece of the Mm -hmm. dual capacity framework. Once you get to know the needs, as you are hearing in those conversations, you can build on them. So parents and families will sometimes share with you, hey, like, they'll ask the question, what can I do at home, which is a great opportunity to say, hey, one of the greatest things you can do to help your child's education is to encourage them to read. Yeah. And talking about attendance, that's linked to learning because we want our our kiddos in school um, so that they can be learning and growing while they're there. Well, and even teaching families how to support student success and collaborating with community partners that can support the families and just making sure that all that stuff is connected, I think is so important. I love that that's part of that framework. And something that stood out to me that you said, again, part of the framework is that it's relational. Yes. And I think there's so much relationship based content out there right now. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of that focus, but essentially in my mind, family engagement is like hosting the whole family, Mm -hmm. you know, like it truly is hosting at these events. It's not just throwing the event and having people come It's looking at it through a hosting, almost like you're welcoming them into your home because I Mm -hmm. I mean, the school is basically like your second home when you work there all day. But um, I like that, that thought of, like being focused on smiling and, mm-hmm. and those are small things, but people are nervous, yes. especially they're coming from different cultures sometimes, especially if they just moved to our country. I mean, there's so many different environments that can make families nervous coming to a campus event. Mm-hmm. And then I love that it says to be interactive because yes. like too many times there's presentations and mm-hmm. sit and get, and unfortunately I can look back at some of the events that I've attended as a campus school staff where it was sit and get because you just assume that people just want the information and, but let's make it engaging. Let's make it, let's go towards, you know, adult learner mm-hmm. theory and that people want it to be just as engaging with activities just as the students are. So I like that that's a focus because mm-hmm. I think that's sometimes it's overlooked. Yeah. And it, it makes it such a fun moment and memory. Mm-hmm. And that's really one of the hopes I have for our families yeah. as we partner together is that they can make sweet memories with their kids yeah. at school. And so when we did our dual language family dinner, it was the whole family working together as we built these balloon towers, as we go into and do clink in the community. Um, we are truly coming coming together. And those are sweet just sweet memories mm-hmm. um, that I think are a huge gift in, in the world of education that sometimes in the hustle and bustle of day to day, we we forget uh, to notice all of those, those great things yeah. that are happening. Well, and not only is there a benefit in your classroom, I think to that, I think when kids see that you're reaching out to the people they live with at home, there is a direct message of, I care about you outside of my classroom, mm-hmm. even though they might not even realize that yet. I think that it does foster that obviously, but it, I mean, at the end, it just benefits the child because it takes a village. I so strongly mm-hmm. believe in that such overly used comment, but it does take so many humans to impact the life of mm-hmm. such a, an important developmental time frame, K through 12, mm-hmm. that why not partner with the people at home to make their classroom experience better and vice versa. So I just so strongly believe in family engagement and 
I wish when I was still in the classroom that there's such a big push for that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, positive phone calls has been around, but that was one of my favorite things to do. And I liked, I was kind of shaded, be like, hi, Mrs. So-and-so. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to you about your daughter. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, she's awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, but it was the highlight of my like teaching like n- night, month, whatever, because mm-hmm. it's like, those are the kinds of things that we do it for, you know? And one of the things, and I did, like, I did the same thing as a teacher and it, it was, at first, it was a little uncertain. Yeah. And then once you get in the flow of it and the Powerful Partnerships book actually gives you some scripts, which I think is super oh, that's helpful. so great. Especially if someone's nervous yes. or new teachers. That's awesome. Yes. And what I didn't know at the time is how that tied and was connected to this dual capacity mm-hmm. framework and really going, okay, this is the, the why behind it. So even when, like I said, we're going into a clink in the community or we're doing a muffins, you know, muffins with mom yeah. event, uh, it really is knowing this foundation of, okay, we have these five process con- conditions. How are we approaching everything we do with that layer of intentionality mm-hmm. because every interaction is an opportunity with our family. Mm-hmm. And any t- we're, we're wired as humans for community. Mm-hmm. So the more you can build that around what we're doing every day, everybody feels more connected and it's not always going to be, I think it's important to point out, it's not always going to be a slam dunk with every family, mm-hmm. but like everything, things can pick up with traction. Um, and it's important that you reach as many as you can. Not mm-hmm. everyone's going to, you know, take your invitation extension, but mm-hmm. at least you tried. And then maybe the second or third time they get an invitation, they'll come because they mm-hmm. know that it's consistent. It's not just a one and done one time deal. And I think that's such a great point is that investment of time mm-hmm. and being consistent in yeah. that. So we're not just making those positive phone calls home during the first week of school. We're not just smiling to meet the teacher. We are continuing that partnership as the year goes on. And as we discuss that point of like, not every family will will take your invitation. And how do you reach the families that are maybe consistently not showing up for these events or communicating or whatever? They don't show an interest, which it's not good or bad. Mm-hmm. How do you handle those challenges? What are the challenges besides that? Because I know there's probably a couple, anytime you're dealing with relationships and humans, there's always going to be those kind of challenges. But what do you think are those challenges and how do you address those? Yeah. So I think really in looking at our family schedules, we live in just a busy time. Like mm-hmm. folks are super busy. They're running from one thing to the other. And I think as we continue to build that relational trust with our families, we get to know, hey, you know, maybe this is this is this mom or grandma's lunch hour. So I know that I can call, call this, yeah. this family member during this time. I'll be able to connect with them. And so much of family engagement is listening. So it's asking a question and it's listening. Because going back to those core beliefs that all families have that capacity to support their kids, we are charged as educators to find out creative ways. So we might have some families that can only come to an event before school. So we're going to do some of our events before school. We have some families that can only come during the day. So we're going to have opportunities during the day, as well as those in the evening. And we have some that maybe might not be able to come to an event. And they can do a phone conference with their child's teacher or an administrator during their lunch block. It truly is just like we want to know our kids by name, strength, and need. We want to get to know our families. And that does take time and it does take investment. And it's so worth it. Um, Some of the other challenges, I think, uh, is that this deep partnership is going to require vulnerability Mm -hmm. on our part. Um, And knowing that 
schools have changed and it's not no longer that families send their child to school and, you know, we call focus it a, on, yeah, yeah teaching on learn, and learning and send them home. It truly is that partnership and bringing families in. And when you do so, that is that that is vulnerable. And it's it's knowing that it's OK to be a little uncertain and it's OK to not know, but it's embracing that um, looking for those folks on campus, maybe that really are, let's say you've not picked up the phone and ever made a phone call home. Find somebody that has and go, hey, can I listen to you make this phone mm-hmm. call? I just want to want to learn what Role to playing. Say. I mean, I know right. everyone feels real cheesy doing role playing, yeah. but it, I mean, essentially you're basically practicing the conversation that you would have. Yes. And one of the things as well, like even for conferencing with families, you know, if you're a little weary of sitting down and conferencing with a, a family, I know there's a lot of conversation around student-led conferences right now. So it's like, hey, yeah. that's a great opportunity to empower students there. Um, so I think vulnerability is one that continued change, change in my mindset, um, as well as the investment of time. Um, (laughs) And I think that investment piece is really important because it's not just, oh, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. We are very intentionally investing. um, And we know that this investment has the the potential and truly will impact the lives of our kids. Mm -hmm. One of the things uh, Karen Mapp says, again, huge Karen Mapp fan, um, in her book, powerful partnerships. She says that education is a team sport. The more in sync the team, the better the results. Yeah. So you said so many things that kind of trigger different connections for me. And when you talk about vulnerability, like who's walking around being like, I'd like to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so connected to cultural responsive yes. theory because nobody wants to sit down and be like, let me look at my biases and mm-hmm. see what I need to improve on. That's an uncomfortable feeling. Yep. And I think you're so right. I just think about the different conversations that I've had with other teachers when I was a teacher, when I was a campus admin and what I hear now, especially with like new teachers and the new teacher mentor program, like mm-hmm. you're right. It's not always comfortable for everyone. And it takes a skill that you have to really practice inviting parents in. I don't mm-hmm. think it's natural for everyone. And, and if it is, that's a very unique mm-hmm. skill set. Like that, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Like, congrats. I'm glad that's easy for you. But it took, I know for me, it took years mm-hmm. to be comfortable with it and actually welcome the phone call, even if it was from an angry parent or, mm-hmm. you know, from a, a parent who was frustrated with the situation. I just think in the end, everybody wants to be validated that they're mm-hmm. all a part of the process. Mm-hmm. Some people are frustrated with things that have nothing to do with you. Some people are happy with different things. But I love that you called out the vulnerability vulnerability part. Mm-hmm. And I just can't, I can't separate the connection between that and cultural responsiveness mm-hmm. because when you're in those conversations and you're communicating with these families, there's so much perspective and biases on all sides mm-hmm. that it's actually fun to look at as like a challenge. Like, okay, how can I navigate this relationship mm-hmm. to where it's going to be beneficial for students? And so I almost like to look at it as like, okay, yeah, like this is something I can really get on top of and see how I can help my students. Well, and we we get to be brave for our kids mm-hmm. um, and model that. Yes, and our families are the experts in their in their yeah. children, mm-hmm. and so it is, it does take that vulnerability to truly go. Okay, hey, we're gonna we're gonna ask for help, and we're gonna ask these questions, and we're gonna we're gonna listen and remain curious because when we do, our kids are positively impacted, and and that's like that's why we do mm-hmm. that's why we do this, and so the why behind engaging Amazing. in vulnerability. <laughs> is because it impacts our kids in a positive way. Well, and you can't think of one negative of a student walking away, whether their family is 10% involved in the family engagement initiative or 99%. It's There's no 
non-benefit, that's a double negative. There's no negative to a student walk away thinking, look at all these adults that are trying to invest in me. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this is going to sound so cheesy and it could be the total tagline, but like think about the impact that this could be to change the world. We talked about that a little yes. bit before, but like of all the kids that go through our system and they mm-hmm. leave thinking and remembering Miss So-and-so involved my mother, my aunt, mm-hmm. my grandfather, whatever, mm-hmm. to make sure that my experience was better as they reflect on it, whether they know about that in elementary, intermediate, or high mm-hmm. school. I mean, that's so impactful for our society. I know that sounds kind of cheesy because it's, like, getting way too, like, connected to it, but honestly. But but it is. Yeah. And that, like, our that's kids incredible. can and will transform our world. Mm-hmm. And we have an opportunity every single day. And when we engage in that vulnerability, when we are brave for kids, and specifically today, we're talking about that bravery through the lens of family engagement, um, we are going to see continued positive impact. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so what advice would you have for educators who are listening? And I think it's important for us not to talk about just campus-wide, because obviously there's a lot of teachers that listen to this, and there's even parents. So I would say educators and families, like in your experience with these initiatives on your campus, what kind of advice would you have for a starting point for family engagement components? And I would say, let's start with classroom, then go campus. And then for parents, Mm -hmm. maybe they're feeling a little skeptical. Maybe they're feeling a little apprehensive because they've never Mm -hmm. done this before. Or it's their first time in the education Mm -hmm. system. They have a kindergartner versus maybe it's just a new campus that maybe their former campus didn't have it or et cetera. There's a million reasons why. So if you'll start with classroom, go to campuses and then parents, What's just some advice that you have for them to get involved in the family engagement process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what I would say is like the most important component mm-hmm. um, truly is is you in, in looking at the classroom teacher specifically. Um, what do you already know about your students' lives? Here we are, like we're almost done with our fall semester. Mm-hmm. We've been really intentionally building those relationships with our kids. Like, what do you already know? Because so much of this is let's build on those strengths. Um, and then what do you know about? What do, what do you want to know about your families and what do you want to know about your families um, and how can you demonstrate that curiosity? And so I would encourage our classroom teachers, if they look at look at their role of students, if there are some families they have not had the opportunity to engage with, I would encourage you to pick up the phone, um, pick up the phone and make that phone call home. It, it does not honestly have to take more than two minutes, yeah. um, but pick up the phone, call and celebrate one thing that is that is happening. It means the world to our families and it means the world to mm-hmm. our kids. And so I think that's one small way. And in all things like smile, um, smile when you see our families. And I know I sometimes run into folks all out in our community. Yeah. Um, and so just smiling and Greeting them and welcoming, just doing being a good so host. with kindness. Yeah. Yes, um, would be one of the things I would encourage uh, for cl- the classroom and for teachers. And looking at the campus overall, uh, I know it can sometimes feel a little overwhelming. And we've talked a lot about the dual capacity framework and these core beliefs, and kind of going, "Oh my, where do I get? Where do I get started?" Right? Um, like, do we have to go full fledged parent mm-hmm. university? Do we have to do all these things? And the answer is no. Yeah. And just like. Our classroom teachers know our kiddos so well. Um, our, our campus folks know the campuses. And so really, I would encourage campus folks to look at what is already happening on campus through that lens of the dual capacity framework, because we have family engagement happening all over Klein. And I think as we apply that intentional lens, we can actually build on what we're already doing. Mm-hmm. So we might go, oh, you know what, maybe at, at this 
choir concert that we're going to do in December, we could link this to learning for our families. So let's let's add a link to that so that we can empower our families within that. Okay. So I would encourage campuses just to do that is really kind of do a quick assessment of what do we already have going on um, when it comes to building community. That's one of our strategic priorities. So that that's work we're engaged in. And how can we be intentional in that dual capacity okay. framework? And then for our families, um, I just want to just extend just such gratitude to our families. Mm -hmm. um, it is such a joy to serve in Klein ISD. Um, and truly the people here make it great. The people being our, you know, the folks that are on staff here, our kids mm -hmm. and our families. Um, and so I would just say first and foremost to families, thank you. Um, thank you for the privilege and the opportunity yeah. um, to, to journey journey with them because um, they are trusting us with their most treasured each and every yeah. day. Um, and, and we get to partner with them. So I would say thank you to our families. And I would also say, as we talk about being brave for our kids, encourage our families to do so as well. Yeah. Um, and so knowing that we are here as partners in education. And so if they have a question to please, to please reach out to mm -hmm. us um, that we want, we want them to be involved in whatever way they can. Mm -hmm. um, we never want our families to feel pressured or have to, we want them to be involved in whatever way they can. And we are grateful for that. Yeah. And so um, we just encourage our families with them. That. Yeah. Those are all great suggestions. I want to add a couple for the classroom one, because it, it's important to know that it doesn't have to take a big event. Like even if you're an ELA teacher, you're going to be like, I'm having my own family engagement event. Like you can do so many things. And I think with personalized learning, it really, the learn the learner profiles lends itself mm -hmm. to getting this information from students and using it in the classroom. You know, there's so many factors at home that affect the classroom. I, obviously I taught teenagers. So there was a lot there, especially if a, a student of mine had a job that they were working late, that I knew they were going to be exhausted. If they had first period with me. I'm not going to take it personal if they're like a little slow to answer a question yeah. or whatever. But I mean, those all include family engagement because. Oh, absolutely. The more you get to know that whole child and what they're dealing with at home, good or bad, then you can really apply that to their learning in the classroom. I just think the learner profiles really lends itself to that information. Well, and I know when Miss Church was on the podcast last spring, mm -hmm. she talked about using Seesaw. Like mm -hmm. that is a super yeah. tangible way to engage communication. That's what yes. I had. That's what I was going to say is that communication is so important and not just at the elementary level. I just, I applaud elementary teachers and not that I don't applaud secondary, but I think sometimes people think other oh, teenagers, they don't want to know, but especially now that I'm a parent, I'm like, well, when my child becomes a teenager, I would like to still know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Not to the point where I need to know, like, when the lights were turned on and off for a slideshow or a video, you know, like nothing explicit, but like we can't just assume families don't want to know what's going on just because they have an 18 year old mm -hmm. family still want to know what's going on. It's still their treasure. Like you said. So I think that communication is so powerful. Um, I used class dojo like with yep. seniors and they were the one I used them with 10th through 12th graders. And I had parents communicating with me on that. I mean, it's kind of silly and it, it ended up working out in my classroom and I loved it. Um, I think showing grace is so important because you want to make sure you remember that everybody is a human and depending on the different involvement of families. And it can be very frustrating sometimes when you're wanting a family to be more involved than they are and you're not getting it from them. And there's no way to control that for some educators. It's very difficult to get past that frustration, but to be intentional about showing grace, because if you're not intentional about it, you're going to forget about it in November after your frustration has festered for a couple of months. And so to be intentional about just remembering that everyone's human, people are sometimes just doing the best 
that you that they can. And sometimes you're seeing a tip of an iceberg that's underneath the water. And last, I would say it's important to just share the power because a lot of time in the student teacher parent triad, the teacher is the one that has the power and not just even with little kids because of the nature of the classroom, you are the teacher, but giving the parents a voice in that the families a voice in that part of their education by letting them be able to spend the time and the energy to be involved in their classroom is important too. Sometimes teachers can shut people out, not even intentionally. And so just keeping in mind that to share the power is also inviting families in. So, okay, so let's get to the favorites part of our episode. So I want to talk about one favorite thing in education right now. All right, so narrowing all these favorite things down to one is a little challenging. I know, I like to make um, it difficult. Yes. Okay. So I want to focus specifically on uh, on the students when it comes to education. I love the focus conversation uh, that we are having right now around student agency and ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how we are fostering leadership capacity in our kids yes. uh, and, and knowing how that really is going to empower them. We talked about transforming the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is a piece of it as well as developing that capacity um, and that voice starting from like when they come to us yeah. in pre-K kindergarten all the way to when they exit our system with purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what is one favorite thing in general in life right now? In general in life, <laughs> I am going to have to go with the fall weather, yeah. the actual fall weather. Um, I am originally uh, born and raised in Canada. And so the Canadian in me is just really enjoying the fact that like this is is actual scarf weather and yes. not just because it's, you know, the month of the year. Um, it is actually the weather outside that is allowing allowing scarves. And people can't see us, but we are both wearing scarves. Sure are. Okay. And then one favorite book. And if that's just difficult to say, I'll put the identifier on it. One favorite book right now. Okay, one favorite book right now. This, I have to say, in all things, was probably the most challenging one for me. Um, one of the books, I actually read this quite a while ago, but it's a book that has really stood out to me. It's The Power of Moments by the Heath Brothers. Um, and I love just the perspective of how can we take an everyday, just an everyday experience and turn it into a moment and a memory. Um, and I think that connects very much so to family engagement as well. You mentioned something yeah. as simple as like making cookies mm-hmm. that takes an open house event or meet the teacher event. And it makes it memorable. Cause mm-hmm. I imagine that like cookies are not a very frequent thing no. um, at, at those. And so I really like the perspective that they take in their book on that lens of intentionality and in everything that we do uh, to create a moment and a memory. Well, I've just really enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate your energy, your passion, and your focus on the whole child and truly thinking how beneficial family engagement is because it is. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming on our episode today. Thank you for having me. As you could hear from our conversation, there are many ways to build family engagement on both campuses and in classrooms. I'm excited to dive into the resources and experts she shared, and we'll place those in the show notes for you to access. Allie's passion for giving parents a voice, being vulnerable in mindset changes, and investment in time is contagious. Family engagement implementation doesn't guarantee a flawless journey where everyone walks away holding hands with seamless communication and relationships, but it does mean that your students will feel served because you are taking the time to serve their whole community show you care about them outside of their role as a student, and families will feel empowered to be a part of their children's educational experience. As a reflection next step, write down ways you currently involve families in your role. If that list is short, think of ways you can start in a small way, and then over the next few months, continue adding in other small steps. 
Those small steps will grow to a larger movement, a family engagement in your classroom and campus that show the families of your students that you want them to be a part of what their kids are a part of. I'll end by repeating the quote Ali shared from Karen Mapp. Education is a team sport. The more in sync the team, the better the results. So let's get out there and build up our teams for every student to succeed.